Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. All right, welcome back in on a snowy Thursday morning. We're getting hammered here in Omaha. Worst commute of the year. This snow is real. Uh, a friend of mine who is out west in Elkhorn. Uh, checked in his uh, front yard, his driveway. Five inches of snow already. Five already, great. Yeah. Because that's kind of the area. Yeah, that's so, closer. Uh, yeah, to where I, yeah, it's about right. So schools are out for the day. A lot of businesses will have late starts or they are not opening. So another great day to just stay with us right here on 1620 The Zone. Do we think that Josh Odson will be in today? You guys were Buddy, telling me. Yeah. So I didn't know. I, I saw it was shared on Twitter last night, and Poor I thought it was guy. just from. Connor made a gif. Random Mike calling. <laughs> but Josh got sick right in the middle of the show. Well, it's funny you say random Mike because sometimes you think, all right, conversation, he's going from one topic to the other. So in the GIF, you've got the headphones coming yeah. off, then back on and back off and back on. So it's like, okay, are we moving on to the next thing? Yeah, oh, so oh. I didn't know until you guys told me that yeah. he got he actually threw up yep. in studio. Mid-call. And I think... Didn't miss a beat. Is it that they? I hope they chained out the trash can. I actually thought that too. <laughs> yeah, because if it is what his kid had, people don't pick up after themselves in the studio. I've heard that. I've seen it. I've smelled it. <laughs> My sniffer's not always great in the morning, so you know. So he's some doing. Of those he's odors. doing okay. He got out I, of his system. We hope so. I mean, if that, if it's, that much got out of his system, if it's what I know, his kid was dealing with, which I think he was what he was talking about. It usually doesn't yeah. stick around too long, but ooh, it's it's no picnic for twenty four yeah. hours. Yeah, they've had a they had a rough uh, week. With the little one, yeah, but like Billy Bob, puke and rally, puke and rally. Uh, it's I, I can, yeah. See, that's why that when is. people that were you know on uh, sixteen twenty the zone TV, they love the producer cam because it's right in your face. <laughs> so, so Jimmy, especially when you're maneuvering everything, and yeah, so yeah. if something people like that are, happens, people are fascinated by all of the buttons that the producers push. Do we know? Did they Yet go the to producer com- cam shows none of those. Do we know did he go to commercial then then the the deed took place or did this happen while he was on the air so like the camera would have picked up the full motion. No, it was during the call cuz Connor was talking right. and he's looking uh, to the side well, I know to see what's going on. I know he's got taken his uh he's got oh, Okay, so this did happen. So did uh, hopefully he disabled his camera. And, oh, in the audio too. I think there was some sound of, of well of Connor talking, but I didn't hear the It didn't sound like chunk and goonies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Well, That's have, the worst. We have really hit it this morning, the discussion about Mahomes going into a porta potty and now uh, MVP. Use the word chunks. Ooh, chunk from Goonies. Come on. Can't bring up a random Goonies reference. I, I smelled what you're cooking, mm. although probably not the most timely use of that no. phrase. No. Yeah, but yeah, hopefully uh, Josh is doing better. That's like the worst. Have you ever you've you've called Hundreds upon hundreds of games. Have you ever had to I had a interrupt stroke during a game? What and kept doing the game? What? Yeah. So Omaha, South Dakota State, 2019. I had what? A, I had a mini stroke during the game. Didn't re- I knew something was wrong at the time. Kept doing the game. Uh, made it through, but there's about a five minute stretch where I don't really remember what happened. Really? So I didn't find out. I went in for a, a physical, like, 
I didn't really think anything of it yeah. other than there's something wrong because I remember Omaha coming out of the locker room and where they do in Brookings, they run on the floor and they come right towards you. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I don't remember very much until about halfway through the second half and something was majorly off. And so this was after the wow. season. I went to a physical and I was telling the doctor about this and he goes, we got to check something out. And he goes, yeah, you had a mini stroke. Whoa. So, Damn. yeah. But you, I, you win. I, huh? I know I'm I'm lucky enough that even from when I was a little kid, I don't get sick. Well, so I've been very very lucky. Yeah, but a mini stroke is nothing to. Yeah, I I threw up on the either. air one time, yeah. and that's Ooh. nothing compared to a mini stroke. Jeez. Oh, I wasn't on the air. I had to go outside the press box. But well, at the time I did. I just thought maybe I wasn't feeling well. I was lightheaded. Yeah, like exhaustion or something. Yeah, but there was probably a part of my body twitching that maybe should have. Oh been wow! A, but hey. That was a good game. It was a high level game. <laughs> I mean, I'm so excited. I, I mean, well, I led, to, led to a stroke. I couldn't just take the headset off and go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, last night, so women's basketball. Uh, uh, was, we always want like parity. We're hoping for parity in women's basketball. It seems to come down to the same teams. You know, the Stanford, South Carolina. UConn, you throw Indiana in there this year. That might, that might be your your final four, and those are four of the best teams. Yeah. And Caitlin Clark, who is you know with Leah Boston of South Carolina, going to be uh, in the running for the Player of the in Year. The host this weekend. And Caitlin Clark will be playing at PBA. She's going to try and fill PBA. But after last night, Nebraska women lost a terrible loss. That doesn't help. I mean, maybe that's a harsh word. No, I'm not, it's, you know, it, no, it's it's it, a terrible loss for Nebraska. Yeah. Right. So Nebraska yeah. is on the bubble, and they're, they're on the wrong side of the bubble in women's basketball. And you you watch. You watch the high-level Creighton-UConn game, which the Big East is on a roll. So back-to-back games in men's, Creighton-Providence, Xavier-Marquette were two of the best games you've seen all year. Mm -hmm. That's one of the best women's basketball games last night, definitely in the Big East between UConn and Creighton. And Creighton had their chances, but Lauren Jensen, who just this will never happen to her again, she is a fantastic free-throw shooter, 62-60 game, misses free throws with a tenth of a second on the clock, and UConn survives – 62-60. 62-60. So you have that game that ends. Then you're watching the Nebraska game. Nebraska, why are you dancing with a team that's not very good when you have to make the NCAA tournament? And eventually, uh, even you know, Jazz Shelley carried them. She had 37. They get it to the end, and Minnesota hits a late uh, uh, three to win the game. But that game was tough to watch. There were 52 fouls called in that Jesus. game. There oh, were 66 free throw attempts. Between Minnesota and Nebraska women last night up at the barn. Mm. Those oh, are the worst stay. to call. You know what? In, in a 95-92 game, you would think, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Great game. Exciting. Scored explosion. Yeah. Now, you can't give up 95 to that Minnesota team. But that game was a slog. It was There was no flow to that game whatsoever. Higgy wasn't doing the game, was he? No. <laughs> Actually. He was in Norman one, the other night. So one, <laughs> of, the, one of the officials, I was uh, is their name is what Leslie Nielsen? <laughs> I just totally thought of Frank Drebin. Me too. But it'd be the female. <laughs> to see it'd be here. The, it's the female, the female version of Frank Drebin. Please tell me she calls yeah. fouls like uh, Frank Drebin does. And she really, really jazzed up. Yeah, man, that, that I, I, I have no problem. I don't think anybody should have any problem. In fact, I think Amy Williams would be the first to tell you that was a bad loss. I mean, that was. Oh, there's you, no, there's you, no you, other, there's no other you way can't, around. You it. can't sugarcoat yeah. that. When you're on the bubble, you cannot lose to teams like that. I mean, when we were talking about Creighton after they burst your bubble, they had the six-game losing streak and the games that they had sort of coming up where there were opportunities, but then they got through that part of the schedule. Then those other games were 
equally as important because those can be, yeah, resume killers. I mean, this you pull something off against Iowa on Saturday, which, good luck. Okay, maybe we could talk again, but that's... And, I mean, and where, where's this team's head going into Saturday now? That's the other big question. Because that is... That's one. That's a loss on the road, especially when it's tied. And you're thinking, okay, despite how bad this has gone, can we just get this thing in overtime? Somehow survive, lick our wounds, and then get home. You just have your heart ripped out with a three pointer at the buzzer to beat you. Like that's. I mean, you talk about punctuating the moment. My God. But great endings last night. So you had Marquette uh, beating Xavier in Milwaukee, and Xavier put on a heck of an effort. They're banged up. They don't have Fremantle. Uh, they had a big lead to begin, and Marquette came all the way back, and Marquette scores with a, a second and six-tenths to go. And Marquette's in the driver's seat now with mm-hmm. four left. They're 13-3. and three. They come here on, on Tuesday. Um, but Shaka Smart's going to be the coach of the year in the Big East, which you probably would not have pegged that at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Chris Collins is going to be the coach of the year in the Big Ten. You probably would not have pegged that. Northwestern is becoming one of those stories like they were when they got to the NCAA tournament for the first time. They're in the tournament. They're second. In the Big Ten. So last night, they jump out big on Indiana, which at times IU is hard to figure out. I want to think that IU can make it to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. And then I think, well, not so fast. And then last night, they come all the way back. And I thought they were were going to win the game. Great atmosphere. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the place is packed. It's 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 better for this conference. You know, you've got the the traditional blue bloods, but when the when the Penn States and the Northwesterns and the Nebraskas have excitement and you get to Valentine's Day and it's fun and people go to the arena and the place is packed and you got an intimate setting like they do yeah. in Evanston, that was a great atmosphere last night. And Boo Booey wins the game mm-hmm. at the end and Northwestern is second in the Big Ten. Second in the Big Ten. They lost their two top players and they are second in the Big Ten. Whether this is not a normal year for the Big Ten, the fact that Northwestern is in second, I always think when I look at Alabama ranked number one, who got beat last night, eight number one teams have been beat this year. They got beat by Tennessee, who reminds people, hey, not so fast, don't kick us to the curb. And I look at Miami and football schools that are ranked, or a Northwestern, which has been to the NCAA tournament one time, but they did win a game when they got there a long time ago after, you know, we thought Chris Collins was done. What does that do for the program that is here? and how you perceive what Nebraska basketball should be, Mm -hmm. and if they could be like that. Because there was one time under Tim Miles they got to fourth in the Big Ten, and we remember what that was like around here. But what Northwestern is doing is really unbelievable. But the the mere fact is Chris Collins got his team to believe, and we should have seen probably this coming way back at the beginning of the year when they played Auburn, and they were better defensively than their football team was defensively (laughs) against an SEC school. And they held Auburn to what, 43-44 points? I mean, that's a great story in college basketball, but it just adds to the point, Nick and Jimmy, that we don't know who is a great team in college basketball. Now, I picked Houston. They're still hanging right there. They're going to be tested even more in the next month. Alabama is really, really good. That's the first time they lost in the SEC. Mm -hmm. But we don't know who is truly good or great in college basketball. So does that bode well in a month? For Cinderella's to make a run, or the normal Power Six teams will be there. We just can't decide who's going to beat who. That's kind of where I'm at. You know, because I, I think I always want to believe 
that okay, that's going to open up the door for some other teams when you kind of because we we saw a version of this last year, but then look at the final four. Okay, you had Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, and Villanova. So blue bloods programs that we would consider to be elite college basketball programs. Yet nobody looked at Kansas throughout the year and said unbeatable. The COVID year. When it got shut down, you might have looked at Kansas oh, and said, yeah. yep, yep, they're, yeah, they, they were, they're the real deal. They were going to win a national yep. championship. They're still bitching about hanging a banner right. for that. Villanova last year, nobody would mistake them for the, the two natties that they had under Jay Wright. Okay, they, they had their flaws too. North Carolina, it took a monumental run around this time a year ago for them to even get themselves to the seed that they were at. And then Duke, Duke looked the part, but again, wasn't a dominant team. And so I remember thinking the same exact thing that we're talking about right now of, well, you would think this, this is going to be kind of fun for you know your, your 10 seeds. And I get it, North Carolina was a lower seed, but still North Carolina. But like for your 10 seeds, your double-digit seeds, it can allow for more of those bubble teams to maybe have a deeper run. And yet you kind of see, and this is where I go back to coaching, where you see how those teams are prepared when it does come to March and that experience that I do think – you're going to get the upset, and that's what we love about it. But does that all of a sudden open up the door for a bunch of double-digit seeds or underdogs? I still tend to lean with the teams that even when they've looked somewhat vulnerable, the coaches that are in place and the ones that have had that experience when it does come to that. So, And I always kind of mock the whole, don't, yeah, Tom Izzo in March. Oh, my God. I think that's a little played out. But I think on the whole – Mm-hmm. When it does come down to it, yeah, I, I would lean more towards those teams than I would for, you know, kind of the good story. But it's interesting about Northwestern because if I would have asked you before the season, what is more likely? Collins is fired after the season or he's the Big Ten coach of the year after the season. Yeah, uh, there's no way you would have picked coach of the year. No. And so, but, and the Big Ten, I think, is kind of a, it's sort of a product of what we've seen in college basketball all year. Everybody so, so, realizes Purdue is. Is it? But the fact that Northwestern is second in your league right now in a a conference that you know is so tough and deep, I think says a lot about the college basketball field right now. You've got some teams that look the part on certain nights, but the majority of college basketball right now is good. It's not great. See, I wouldn't do the Big Ten because I I, I think there's there's Purdue and then there is Northwestern. Granted, Northwestern beat them uh, the other day. But but not compared to the like look at the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve is the best conference in basketball. It's and, not even close. And Iowa State last night won. Uh, they got seven wins over ranked teams, so they look like they're back. They got the Oklahoma State loss out of the uh, way. But the Big Twelve at the top. I mean, try again using the premise of right now trying to identify an elite team. They're packed at the top. Yep. At the Big Twelve, the Big East is the same way. Try identifying mm-hmm. an elite team a good point. out of the top four to five in the Big East. Depends on the night. I mean, it, yeah, it does. Xavier, and, and you mentioned with Fremantle out, even what they did against Marquette was impressive. Marquette, Creighton have all looked at part with Providence, putting themselves in the mix too. Yeah, but I mean, then there's that significant drop-off, you know, DePaul, Butler, Georgetown. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't that the Big East I think might even be more fascinating than the Big Twelve as far as who ends up winning the regular season. I mean, how would you like to get the five seed in New York City? Yeah, I mean, you're going to be a good team that's going to be a five yeah. seed yep. playing in the conference tournament. That, that's going to be good. It, the and thank God the conference tournament is not on CBS Sports Network. 
I ask you, Big East. I know I know Fox has been great to the Big East. <laughs> Fox News or uh, whatever was carrying the Creighton-UConn women's game last night. Uh, was it FS2? <laughs> Would that have been an improvement? I don't know. Uh, it was Fox the, News the, Now. The, the Oh, wow. No, I'm just kidding. The, I mean, the studio been. show for... For the UConn games is kind of interesting. They are they are all in on UConn, mm-hmm. so to speak. But CBS Sports Network was doing the game in Milwaukee last night, and and they've got a handful of games. And I'm I'm never a big fan. I like the CBS Sports Network basketball studio shows. Yeah, like I'm a big fan of Gary Parish. You know, John Rothstein is not for everybody, but he he's got he loves college basketball oh, yeah. and he knows college basketball. Mm-hmm. So I like their studio shows. I just, when they do Big East games, it seems like they just showed up. Like, Fox has an investment in the Big East, and their announcers do a lot of Big East games, so yeah. they know the players and they know the coaches. But can we can we get away from CBS Sports Network? I mean, I eventually I would love to see, because as Fox's inventory increases with the Big Ten, I would love to see ESPN make a run at Big East basketball. And you know what? It would be a wise investment mm-hmm. if they did for the Big East to get back onto ESPN because if it was not a close finish two nights ago, is the Providence Creighton game in Scott Van Pelt's A block? No. Yeah. Does it get to B? Because Van Pelt had it as one of their, their top stories that they yeah. discussed. It's just, you know, when you're not on ESPN, you kind of you get pushed, You get the treatment. You get to C to D. But I just every time I watch CBS Sports Network trying to do a Big East game, I'm like, wow, you know, maybe maybe pick up a media guy. So you're you're explaining the Doug Flutie effect. If there's one guy that stands out to me in what you just described there, when it comes to uh, a studio role, it's Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie would use the same cliche that he could sort of blanket on any matchup, and it pissed me off so bad uh, because you know these are guys that you feel like okay. It's almost like they take their knowledge of the game for granted. And so, like, ah, the, the other guy, you know, the the lead, the anchor, he's going to have to put more work in it than I am. I'm going to show up. I'm just going to look at records, and I can tell you exactly what they need to do and what they can't do. And I hated it. It was so lazy. So I always thought Doug Flutie that way. That's that's kind of the, the image I get. Yeah. Your studio show should not be better than your play-by-play. Right. Now, the play-by-play is better than the studio show on Fox to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, with Benetti and Raftery the other night. Yeah. yeah. But when your studio show better than play-by-play, you got an issue. Did Raft, by the way, to you guys, did he sound like he he was under the weather or something? He just, a little bit. He, didn't, he, have, he didn't have the energy, and, and the voice was a little, it was kind of struggling a little bit. I, I, was, I, I was hoping he was okay. That. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. hoping he was okay. He might just had a cold. He just didn't. He I mean, didn't have the same type of energy, and, and you could tell when he tried because that game was fantastic. When he tried to like dig in and find it, it just I, I mean, he, he was he was he, he was challenged. He is seventy nine. I mean, the, I still think he could have gone drink for drink with Pat Mahomes. Well, I'm sure he probably wanted to. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm not saying he's a I, drinker. I'm just saying no. Like, he, I'm, he, I'm, he's he, up for a challenge. He enjoys a good time. He's up yeah, for a challenge. I'm is gonna, what I'm saying. I'm gonna probably Mahomes when it's when it's go time. I'm gonna think there's not a lot of. We're talking about a 27-year-old to a 79-year-old, yeah. even with raps. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think when, when Pat says, you know what, a parade Pat says, it's go time, I don't think there's a lot of people, even when I was 27, I don't know that I could have kept up with someone like that. Well, I don't think Raff would have won. I, I just think he would have been up for the challenge. Now, now parade Gary at 21. <laughs> Whew. 
how to put mom's liquor out of business. <laughs> mom's and, and street liquor. <laughs> I would have had. It would have been like G Street liquor. You drank mom's. Oh, I, I no, thought you were talking the, about the uh, mom's champagne. Never mind. No, no, no. Like that's mom, an interesting choice. Mom's liquor. Uh, if you weren't twenty-one, sold to you. Oh, it's the statute of limitations are well over. I haven't been in Lincoln in college. <laughs> right. Does mom still exist? They still around? Hope you didn't uh, uh, do them a disservice there. You know what? I think they do Uh-oh. on O Street. They upgraded their policy. I'm sure. Uh-oh. Different time. <laughs> I knew all those people by name. Yeah. I helped them out. Did though. they call you by your name or by your fake ID name? Uh, when you get a phone call that hey somebody brought back a keg and it's half full, do you guys want it? Yeah, they oh. know your name. Yeah. But it was only for one year in college. When I turned 22, I was like, ah, you know what? I'm, I'm, that's old stuff. I'm on, I'm on to newer stuff. I'm on a natty light. Who would return a half-filled keg? Stupid people. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. really only one explanation for Why that. Why would you do that's that? It. And then, yeah. All that needed to be put on uh, ice, and we could reuse yeah. it for our parties. Oh. Some people have too much money. Day like today, no <laughs> need for the ice. Some people just have too yeah. much money. Uh, all right. When we come back... Uh, there has been a uh, change on Nebraska's roster. Alante Brown has stepped away. He's not enrolled in school, but Matt Rule has said the door is still open or has intimated that they'll let Alante Brown figure things out. Hunter Anthony, he gone. Um, but the part of developing, because Alante Brown fits into the category of, okay, here we go, here we go, and then we get to the next year. Here we go, here we go. With the Matt Rule recruiting of finding those diamonds in the rough has the leash or the plan of before you make a judgment on a player gotten shorter or longer uh, we'll dive into that uh, steve sipple probably will answer those kind of questions he joins us at eight thirty. nick ruback at the top of the next hour from downtown where the state wrestling is slated to go on this morning to kick off their three-day run the weather is not good here in omaha God, it's it a is whiteout. it is snowing uh, the traffic on, uh, almost said O Street, on Dodge. Oh. I know, I get hammered. Hey, you live in Omaha, fool. I know. <laughs> people but, hammer you for but that? But I lived in Lincoln for a lot yeah. longer, and so you just get used to O Street. There are habits. My favorite Dodge Street, uh, cars are moving very, very slowly. Um, the interstates are not good. So a lot of school, red. And schools are not in session, so if you, if you can stay home, uh, stay home until the... Uh, plow drivers get out there actually until it stops snowing and then the plow drivers uh can get out there all right 28 past the hour there's nick jimmy i'm gary on 1620 the zone join us today during the jeep celebration event right now get 20 percent below msrp for an average of 15,178 under msrp on the purchase of a 2023 jeep grand cherokee overland 4xe or summit 4xe not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.